like macho films. They really get my tick. Well, I like arty films. I think they're so sick. What if I pick? Yeah, and then I pick? All right, Bryce. Okay, Nick. Let's not waste time. Can you? Give me a flick. It is Bryce and Nick's Can You Give Me a Flick. See what I did this week? I turned your microphone off so we can't hear your nonsense. Yep. Oh, wait. When am, oh, am I on now? Yeah, you're back on. That's now. horrendous. You know, I have to celebrate you every single time you jump onto this show and quit with your little intro. I'm just trying to hype you up. What's and your celebration? What's what your celebration to me? Well, what does that look like? Well, you know, you're you're coming in. You're coming in. It is Bryce and Nick's. Can you give me a flick? Two man. Two movie. Okay, you're done. Now, Bryce, before we get into today's episode, as we always like to do, yes. we like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we record this podcast. Yes, if you don't mind just doing the um, the formalities there, please. Well, no, I don't think I can do them. Oh, okay. I'm not, not going to do them justice today. No, I get it. I get it. I don't like how you just handballed that back to me. <laughs> the other thing we want to do is acknowledge a man who is doing an incredible job yeah, producing look. the posters for this podcast. No, clap him in. Clap available him in, over on the Can You Give Me a Flick Instagram. That's brilliant. Uh, Matty Garfield. The one man who is not getting paid to be here. <laughs> Actually, just another man who's not getting paid to be here, but who we really appreciate. Matt, thank you. Thank you, gents. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Do you have a favourite, gents? Do you have a favourite Oh, that's uh, a wonderful piece? question. I think you did a wonderful job at last week's artwork for The Last Exorcism. Yeah, I like The Last oh. Exorcism too. Very gruesome. But at the moment, my front runner has got to be Marcel the Shell. Because the way that you, oh, wow. the, yeah, I loved, I love the fact that you gave me, because I'm a fairy bread shirt guy. I love fairy bread shirts and I wore a fairy yeah. bread shirt and you put fairy breads onto Marcel's shoes or my shoes. And I really appreciated that. I thought it was a wonderful touch. Thank you. And I thought that would upset Nick too, because he always seems to comment on that shirt. Um, <laughs> something about that shirt Nick hates. Eh? So that makes me, that made me want to put it on you even more, Bryce. Eh? I call it Bryce's <laughs> diabetes shirt. Um, Matt, while you've got a, a platform of over 70 people, uh, what would you like to say? Uh, look, I just wanted to say that I'm definitely more of a uh, Bryce-type <laughs> movie lover. Okay. Oh, Everyone yeah. is, Matty. Everyone is. I've for years, man. So that's... Uh, <laughs> in fact, some of, the, some of the films that Nick chooses just piss me right off to the max. So oh, I, uh, mate, can I tell you, I had a group of friends of mine hit me up in the group chat, and so, it was the week that Nick picked Father of the Bride, and that like all the, all the reviews were just, is this bloke absolutely kidding himself? <laughs> oh, mate. Okay, well, you two can continue this lovely little conversation in your own time. Thank you, Matthew. Drive safely. Thank you so much. Okay, that's enough of that. You didn't like that he liked me, did you? That's a bit much. That bothered you a lot. Now, this week, Brycey, we are looking at one of my, I'm just going to say it, my favourite movie of all time. Wow. Le Fabulé Destin de Amélie Poutain. Or, oh, as we know it in English... Amelie. What does that translate to? What you just said, what does that translate the to? The fabulous destiny of Amelie Poulain is what I'm going to guess. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, came out in 2001. <laughs> it's two hours and two minutes in length. It is an 8.3 on IMDb. It is a comedy. It is a romance. It is French. The uh, storyline is that despite being caught in her imaginative world, Amelie, who's a young waitress, decides to help people find happiness. Her quest to spread joy leads her on a journey where she finds true love. Now, this is directed by a very well-known French director. Uh, he's done a lot of French Say his name. movies. Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Oh, that was beautiful, actually. Very long engagement is right. his 
most well-known film after yeah. Amelie. Yeah, I think I've actually seen that. Yeah, a few years later, uh, and then a couple of other films. Here's the thing: his canon is all very much the same style. Yeah, these greens, yellows, reds, really overly saturated, quirky Christ, characters, yeah. bizarre situations, a lot of depth, far more exploration of a character than of a plot necessarily. He's a French Wes Anderson. Let's Delicatessen Micmacs. That is a great call, actually. Yeah. That is one of the only things I ever agree with you, <laughs> you said. Now, this is rated uh, 105, the best films of all time. Fuck, really? It won five Oscars. Did it? No, but it was nominated. <laughs> I knew I was going to call you out on that one. It was nominated for five, best foreign language, best screenplay, best art direction, best cinematography, best sound. One none. Right. Robbed. Audrey Tateau stars mm-hmm. in it. Audrey Tateau is a very well-known French actress. Yeah. Uh, her best known Hollywood film would be The Da Vinci Code. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She starred alongside, alongside Tom Hanks. Alongside Tommy Hanks, yeah. She was not the first choice for this role. The first mm. choice was... Emily Watson. Uh-huh. Very well-known actress. Red well, Dragon. Emily. 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 That's interesting. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yep. She wanted the part, but had to decline uh, because she'd already agreed to be in Gosford Park. And because of what other reason? I have absolutely no idea. You're going to have to tell me on this one, bro. She didn't speak French. So, what? bit of an what? oversight. Bit of an oversight. Wait, is she French? No. It's just Emily Watson. She's very British. Oh, Emily Watson didn't yeah. speak French, yeah. I can't imagine she would do a convincing French accent either. How convincing is your French accent? Oh, you're going to find out later on in this episode, young man. Oh, God. I got some French to uh, give you. Brycey, mm-hmm. what did you think of the movie? All right, so some some background on this film is that I, I've never watched it. I've never wanted to watch it. It's very much always come across as that film. It's like the penultimate wankers film. Like it's it's like a reference you'd make to what artsy people would do on a Saturday night. They drink red wine, sniff their farts, and watch Amelie. It's because it's such a well known foreign film. It's yeah. probably it's maybe one of the I'd, most yeah I'd say foreign so. film. So it's very yeah. easy to point to it. Absolutely. But it's also got that, like, as you say, you know, that Wes Anderson look about it. You've got to remember off the back of this, there was definitely a look that popped off the back of this. And you could see that people were wearing the the, the Amelie skirts and had the Amelie haircut. It's a bit, of a bit of a Rachel from Friends situation. 100%. This, this, without a doubt, was like a cultural icon in a way for people of our, younger people of our generation to really sort of latch onto. And I mean, for a film of this caliber that is foreign to have such an impact in Australia, to me, that almost... can you, I reckon I could name maybe on one hand the amount of films that were shot in a different country that have had any impact here. I can't think of too many at all. Um, and in, to a point where, and I'm being deadly honest with you here, I did not realise this was going to be a subtitled film until I hit play. What did you think it was going to be? Dubbed or in English? I thought it was going to be English. Now you haven't watched a lot of foreign films, have you? I actually went through a period of thinking that foreign films were the superior way to watch a film. Um, specifically French titles because they were daring and they were um, they were different and they didn't and they weren't scared to tell a story that was a little bit 
hard on the eyes or the ears, you know what I mean? Okay, well, how daring and how different do you think this movie is? Um, oh, look, not at all. Um, the, the, the way the film starts, and, and I'm going to call this movie out right off the bat, this movie is very much a case of, um, I'm going to call, because it's a comedy, right? Like, it refers uh-huh. to itself as a comedy. And I, the humour is borderline absurdist. Yeah. Um, in the, in terms of, uh, her mother dies and that's, and that's revealed in the opening, the opening montage scene. And she dies by the hand of a Canadian tourist who jumps off a building and lands on top of her. It happens, man. <laughs> and uh, I, like, I don't know what I was supposed to think, uh, watching that, but it was bizarre. Um, it then, uh, she goes through this montage. She, her parents believe she has a heart condition, so she's homeschooled and that makes her naughty. Um, and then as she grows up, the narrator explains, and my God, it is a bizarre scene that Amelie likes the simple things in life. She's very much into the simple things. Those simple things include, um, letting her imagination roam freely and finding contentment in simple pleasures, such as cracking creme brulee with a spoon, Mm -hmm. skipping stones Mm -hmm. and Dipping her hand into grain sacks. Yeah, sacks of grain. And he the says simple that, things. He says that she does the simple things because she hasn't had a boyfriend in a long time, which is similar to you. It's been a long time since you've had a girlfriend. What are your simple things? I don't. Di- uh, there is n- <laughs> there is no film where it is okay to say she enjoys the simple things, like dipping your hand into a sack of grain. Doesn't get much simpler Do than you that. Know how much that scene unintentionally bothered me. What upset you like, about Fuck that? Fuck you and your simple pleasures. I do not want to hear about your hand being dipped into a sack of grain. And don't tell me that's just me enjoying the simple things in life. You fucking artsy turds. My God, no, that frustrated the no, life out of my being. It's a beautiful thing. Connecting yourself with nature. I would have cracked. And the great work. Of our farmers. I what caught, are you saying about mm, our farmers? I'm not saying anything about the farmers. Because now it sounds like you're farmers. having a go at the farmers. Don't and you turn this around on me. What the farmers have done for us. Hey, can you do me a favour? Can you play uh, the intro music while I discuss all this, please? Because I just feel... Thank you very much. Now I feel like I can talk... Now I feel like I can talk about the film. Do the accent. Um, I, well, I'm not ready for the accent. Yeah, the accent's going to come. The accent's going to come. I've got the accent coming for you. And, wow. and, and, and uh, I really want you to enjoy that moment when it occurs. Um, the film has... I don't even know how to explain the plot. In fact, I was hoping you and I could workshop it because it's so fucking... All right, so I was trying to figure out what the plot was for probably 20 minutes... She so so she she finds a photo in a wall that belongs to a boy that she knew in her apartment block when she was a kid. Box of Did treasures. I get that right? Yeah, she finds a box of treasures that belong to someone. Yeah. And she tries to track down that person. Sure. And then when she finds that person, she gives it back. Yeah. She feels so good. From giving that over, yeah. that she goes, I want to help more people and have more uh, good things 
that I'm involved with. Because she's an asshole, right? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, but, uh, as a result of her upbringing, they very much blame her upbringing uh, on the fact that she had a sheltered uh, lifestyle. But she is a jerk. Like, that's that's basically the way that they um, they explain her, right? Well, they say that because of her heart condition, her father was very concerned. She never was touched by her father is how they justify it. Oh. And so when, <laughs> so when he would... Uh, take her pulse. Yeah, that was the only time when he was giving her a medical, that was the only time yeah. he'd lay hands on her. And yeah. her heart started beating like crazy. So he was convinced that she had a medical issue. So he kept her home and homeschooled her. And then she never got to be out in the real world experiencing real relationships. So she's quite sheltered and is a little bit on the spectrum. Oh, is that uh, right? Is that an official thing? Yeah. Officially on the spectrum. Oh, well, no, that's not official. But, <laughs> okay. You know, she I was going to say, is not, that presumptuous? She's, yeah, she's right. not great with people. And so what the story sure. is, is now it's her deciding to devote her life to the people around her. Uh-huh. And then we meet this cast of quirky characters, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, father's obsessed with a garden gnome. There's a failed writer, a hypochondriac, a man who stalks his ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, and essentially she goes around trying to do little tasks, little things to improve their life and improve their days. Uh-huh. All the while searching for love. Sure. Well, I th- I feel like the love part of it... Um, That's the through it, line. It, it, well, it, 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 it very much sort of comes along the way of this journey because yeah. you're right, there is, there's a very vast period of this film where there isn't a lot of story actually taking place. There's a lot of things. She's a big fourth wall breaker, Emily. She loves... But she often doesn't say anything when she breaks that wall. A look and a wink. A look and a wink. Mm. Very smug, very obnoxious. Um, (laughs) I would like to take this time uh, to play a game. Yep, for for playing a little game. No, because I always end in tears, but go on. Well, let's play a little game. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like you to play my intro music. (laughs) Little Nikki, let me ask you a question. When you're down on your luck and you need to say fuck and you seek to dissect on this stench. When you bleed or get plucked, bang your knee or say fucked and think what is this fair word in French? Chowder. Say it right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you like that? It feels like a scene that's been cut from Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) You are going to guess the French swear word that I throw at you. And I want you to guess it exactly how it is. There'll often be things that are thrown at you. This is the hardcore version. So I'm not going to go easy on you. I'll start light. I'll start light and I'll get a little bit harder. But I'm going to say... Is it going to be like last time where you have like 20 of them that we have to get through? No, I've just got a few. Okay. All right. Now we'll start really simple. <clears throat> Cretin. Cretin. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Cl- I'm going to almost give you that. It's dumbass. Okay. Thank you. Salope. Salope. A salope. Scallop. A fish. <laughs> you got a head like a fish. <laughs> Ugly head. Ugly head. No, I just called you a slut. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Nick Tamer. It feels like you've tailored this one. No. Nick Tamel. Tamel is tail. Big ass. Tamel. No, that's fuck your mother. Oh, okay. This one, you've got to get this one. Uh, Imbecile. Idiot. Yeah, man. Well done. I didn't want you to feel like you were getting ganged up on like the last time we played a guessing game. Uh, As a gimme. Degenere. 
Dijonaire, you are... Almost think about what it sounds like. Dictionary. You're a dick. The first part of that. The dick. You're a, a little dick. Degenerate. Oh, okay. No, that's a, it's not bad, is it? Now, this one, I really want you to think about this one because this is my favourite. Sac a merde. Sac a merde. Sacre bleu. For God's sake. Sacre bleu. Sh- sa- hang on, say it again. I think I've gone too far. Sac a merde. Sac a merde. My. Merde. Uh, merde is shit and sac mm-hmm. is uh, shit sack. Oh, it's not bad. It's bag of shit. So, I mean, you know oh, what? I would yes. absolutely take that as a win. And conveniently, um, that is what I thought of this movie. It is a complete <laughs> bag of shit. <laughs> I, that is horrendous. Right, there is only a few things you need to know about me in this life, Nikki boy. And that is that movies like this are an insult to my time. They're an insult to my intelligence. They're an insult to everything I believe a film should be. I hated every frame of this film. I hated the colour palette that just belts you over the head with green and red, green and red, green and red the whole way through. The storyline was stupid. The, uh, the absurdist humour was not funny. There was one, there's one scene where she said uh, he didn't show up somewhere and she, it was one of two things. One, he got held up in traffic or two, he went to the Afghan mountains and became a fucking... I hated that scene so much. Like, everything... It's just that, like random oh look we're doing something weird i i just it's everything about movie making that just pisses me off and it's to me i've only disliked two movies on this podcast one is this and the other is a film by wes anderson called rushmore rushmore is a masterpiece in comparison to this i hated it i absolutely this is my snatch i absolutely just there was no nothing redeemable about this for me and two hours was excruciating i started to dislike it in the first 30 seconds and it just never i never got into it you my friend are both an imbecile (laughs) and a yeah no and look and and, you know it's things like this and uh, it's it's worth a discussion i always feel like a fucking alien when i watch movies like this because i see you know 89 percent on rotten tomatoes 95 percent audience score based on two hundred and fifty thousand ratings uh the consensus here is that it's a feel-good amelie being a lively fanciful charmer showcasing andre tattoo as its delightful heroine. And I just watch it. I'm like, what is everyone seeing about this film that I'm not? Because I just, they, I like, I need to stress this. I liked nothing about it. <laughs> nothing. I didn't like the way it was shot. Every time they did their cl- clever edits, I sang that with bunny ears. I was just like, this is, this sucks. So this is a stupid edit. The filmmaker, the writer, the director, it's very nuanced. There's a lot of detail. Yeah. There's a lot of character detail, whether yeah. you like it or not. He said, he started collecting the memories and the events that make up the life of Amelie from 1974. Yeah. It's a lifetime of jotting little things down, funny quips, interesting character traits, bizarre hobbies, <laughs> and they all come together in this sort of culminate. hogwash. They, they culminate into what I think is a masterpiece mm-hmm. uh, and what is probably very easy to be considered garish and over the top right. and a bit of a punish if you don't like beautiful things. <laughs> it's not that I don't like beautiful things. I just, 
There's this style. I, I don't even know what you would call the style. Uh, but this particular style is just, it, it just does nothing for me. Um, and there and there was no point, because usually with like a, a film like this where it's absurd and it's abstract and there's, then there's like messages going on, I can always like buy into something like that or, or I can find a redeeming quality. And I just saw like nothing. Nah, not a single part of this film made me go, yeah. And it just reminded me of just the shit fashion sense that came out of it as well. Like, like God, she looks like an idiot. You know, I oh, hate, come on, hate the fashion sense. I hate the buttercup haircut. I hate the the the, the silly dresses and the, the red and green. And I just, the whole thing just actively bothered me. I, I don't, I think I'm going to have to take a very long hiatus from French cinema after this. Wouldn't be too sure about that, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? You got, a tidbit? Of- you got a tidbit for me? To, you're going to try to turn me around? No, I just think that there is a lot of love and soul that is within this film. It almost feels a little bit like a fever dream because there are just so many different avenues and elements to it. Yeah. Whereby you go back and you forget about them and you will constantly be noticing different things and your attention will be drawn to different things. There is a lot of uh, montages uh, within the film, which I think are really kind of interesting and, and bizarre and make you think. I think it's style perfectly imitating the story in as much as this is a quirky woman who has a wild imagination and the plot of this film and the way that this script is crafted, it really lends itself to this particular protagonist's reality. Mm -hmm. You're suddenly in this make-believe world, which is, you're meant to believe, what it would be like to be within Amelie's mind. Right. I think that's done very well. Well, let me tell you, uh, it's not a place I want to be. Um, well, thank you, Nick. That's uh, oh. th- now one thing I can say for the rest of my life is I have seen it, and I um I shan't be doing it again. It's a lot of um people have been on first dates with you, Bryce. You've said the same. That's thing. truly <laughs> deplorable. Sorry, I'm it's truly out. deplorable. No, I'm hurt. no, I understand that you're hurt, but keep in mind, keep in mind, you hurt me a little while back too. So I don't feel I don't. I would have normally been a bit softer on you there, but because you broke my heart a few weeks ago, I didn't feel as bad just letting loose on that one. There we go. That's also what you say to a bunch of first <laughs> that, that Actually, that is something I do say. Um, I'm going to torture you right back, young man. Um, I was holding off this film for a really long time because it's 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 one of my true loves. I love this film. I love I love the filmmaker. I love the I love the cast. I love everything about this film. And I figured one I was going to save it for when you gave me a bag of shit like you have done today. Um, and I'm also saving it or unleashing it at the right time, I should say, uh, because by technicality, this is a horror film and we are doing Halloween is just around the corner, young man. That's right. You are going to watch a genre blend, young man. You are going to watch a Western. You are going to watch a comedy. You are going to watch a horror. And it's a film called Bone Tomahawk by a filmmaker named S. Craig Zala. Um, this is his debut film, and it is a wonderful piece of cinema. It stars Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins, Matthew Fox. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to your consensus on this. I don't know. See, I'm 50-50 on this one because you could really like it. Nah, I wouldn't have thought so. Or you could really hate it. Yeah. And, I re- and I don't think it's going to be a middle ground. 
I'd err on the side of the ladder, uh, having a little <laughs> look at it now. Okay, well, we will talk about that next week, my friend. Bone tomahawk, baby. I'm going to beat you over the head with it. Oh, I wish I didn't end the podcast that way. <laughs> yes, nice too. <laughs>